There's a few people moving there. Most people don't know the difference between folk wisdom and the Word of God. What is folk wisdom? That's basically maybe some of the things that you heard your grandparents say, like, um, absence makes the heart grow fonder. You've heard that, right? Some people think that comes right out of the Bible, but it doesn't. I heard someone say, absence makes the heart grow, go wander. <laughs> That's not biblical, it's not scriptural. Um, and it's especially, it doesn't make sense, but you think of another, another uh, interesting little adage that says, out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> hmm, 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 hmm. How many have heard this one? You have to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Have you heard that one? Yeah. It's totally impossible, but some people believe that. People who are especially far to the right um, politically speaking. Leopard can't change its spots. How many know that? And the idea is that you are who you are, you can never change. If that were the case, and I'd have to tell you all to go home, it's hopeless. <laughs> you'll, you'll never change who you are is what you are. You'll never be any different. Hey, the good news of the gospel is that God, God can change us by his spirit, amen? amen? Yeah. How about this one, opposites attract? So if you're not opposite to your spouse then it won't work. There's many people here today who are, not, who are very opposite and who do not work well together. But it's not biblical, so don't panic. How about this one? He who hesitates is lost. Heard that one? Or uh, haste makes waste. You've heard that one? These are not biblical thoughts or ideas. This is simply what we call folk wisdom. I'm going to show you another example of what we would call folk wisdom, and um, it's here. Respect is earned, not given. How many have heard that? Respect is earned, not given. And I think most of us here today would say, yeah, I I agree with that. Um, But uh, (laughs) what you need to know is that uh, the Scripture does not teach this. And it's one more reason why you have to read your Bible. It's one more reason why you need to know the Scripture, because what you don't realize, folks, and most of us are blissfully going through life with no idea that this is going on in the background. There's a battle for your mind, a battle for your, for your thinking. There's a way of this, what we call the way of this world, and the truth, the ways of God. This world is competing for your mind, It wants to teach you its ways. This is why James says friendship with the world is enmity with God. Because the philosophy, the thinking of this world goes against the teaching of Scripture. It's why you have to read your Bible. I keep telling you, you've got to read your Bible. Taryn is every day sending out a notification as to where you should be in your Bible reading. It's why you need to come to church on Sunday to hear the preaching of the Word. I hear a lot of people say, I don't need to go to church. And it's usually those people who I'm thinking to myself, oh, yes, you do. (laughs) You really need to be going to church. You need to hear the preaching of the word. You need to be in a small group. You need to be discussing the word of God with one another. So here's what we have to say. Eh, wrong answer. Do that with me. Eh. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. 
So when you hear somebody say, respect is earned, not given, just say, that's not biblical. That's not a biblical idea. And I'm going to show you in just a moment why that's so. There's a reason, folks, why I preach from the Scripture and not from Aristotle or Plato or the Bhagavad Gita or uh, the Vedas. There's a reason why I preach from Scripture and not Aesop's fables. As wonderful as those fables may be to read, at the end of the day, we come to the Word of God as our authority for life. Amen? Amen. The Scriptures teach us how to live. The scriptures are our authority. The scripture comes from the heart and the mind of God. And we understand that God understands and sees things that we can never see, that things that we can never understand. So let me just quickly remind you of what respect is. Here's our definition. It can be used as a noun, and it means politeness, honor, and care shown towards someone or something that is considered important. Now, I want you to see that. Because when the dictionary creates this definition, the the dictionary writer has in mind that adage I just showed you, respect is earned, not given. So what they're saying here is respect is given to someone or something that has proven itself worthy of respect. Now, I'm, I'm using this because I want you to see something, and, and I'm going to expand on this in just a moment. The respect that we show to others is not predicated upon our notion or, I, or I, our idea that that person is worthy of our respect. The Bible just tells us clearly that we should respect everybody and treat everybody as important. Did you get that? We're not, look at this, we're not passing judgment on anyone. We're not saying in our minds, well, he deserves my respect, therefore I will respect him, but he is not worthy of my respect, therefore I will reject him. No. Jesus teaches us that we see everybody as important. Did you get that? It's critical that you understand this. Otherwise, folks, you will not understand the Bible. You say, Pastor John, are you overstating this? Well, actually, no, because uh, here's what Jesus says. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. Did you get that? We must understand that we are called to respect everybody because Jesus tells us to. In fact, Jesus says this is actually what the Bible is about, if you want to know. If you want to boil it down to a word, it's the word respect. And so Jesus teaches that all people are considered important. Now, I'm going to tell you, the world may decide that you're not important, that somebody else is not important, he's not important, she's not important. I mean, you have to be living in a cave if you don't know what's going on in the political world right now, in the USA and in Canada. There's a lot of hatred a lot of bitterness, a lot of disrespect being flying around. And in a lot of cases, it starts at the top. I think you all know what I'm talking about. Listen, you and I as Christians, you and I as believers, we don't pass judgment on people and decide whether they are or are not worthy of respect. We respect everybody 
because every human being, listen to this, has been created in the image of God. They bear the image of God and are therefore important. In fact, they're so important that the Bible says that God loved this world so much that he came and he sent his son, his only son, to die for this world. So don't you dare suggest that people are important when God declares them so important that he sent his son to die for them. Do you get it? Critical to understand that. We live now in a culture, in a society, where we don't respect anybody. I can tell you, since I've taken on the youth ministry, I'll talk more about that in just a moment, but it's been an eye-opener to see now what, what, where we've come to as a society, as a culture. For the most part, many of the kids are very respectful, but there are some that have grown up and actually been taught that respect is earned, not given. And so they don't give you respect. You have to really work hard to get it. Can you imagine how difficult it is to be a pastor in this generation? Can you imagine how difficult it is to be a teacher in the school system at this generation who does not respect, do not understand the principle or the concept of respect at all? I'm going to tell you this right now. Christians always, always, always have shown respect for God, for others, and even for the creation, and they have, they have demonstrated a sense of self-respect. It's critical that we understand that as believers, that's who we are and it's what we do. Let me read to you a passage of Scripture from 1 Peter chapter 2 and verses 11 to 17. Peter is instructing believers, Christians, in the first century, and he says, For the Lord's sake, as unto God... Respect all human authority, whether the, king, uh, whether the king as head of state or the officials he has appointed. For the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and to honor those who do right. Now that's a, kind of a shock because most of us think, well, you know, we've, we, as Christians, we, we don't really have any great regard for those who in authority. What we only care about is uh, is, is God, because he's the final authority. But here, Peter's telling us, hang on a minute here. The evidence that you have respect for God is that you also have respect for all, and it says, human authority. It is God's will, he says, that you, are, uh, that you live honorable lives, so that you should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. Wow. How many people have you heard that have attacked Christians as being hypocritical? And oftentimes they are. But Peter says, I want you to shut the mouths of those who are criticizing you by, by making sure you live a life where you are respecting other people, especially those who are in authority. For you are free, yet you are God's slaves. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Did you get that? Respect everyone, Peter says, and love your Christian brothers and sisters. Fear God and respect the king. Let me just show you that scripture verse then, shall we? Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God and honor the emperor or the king, or in our case, the prime minister. 
That is who we are. It's what we do. If you don't like it, uh, folks, then you have to take that up with God because this is, this is who we are. This is the essence of who we are. We said that loving one another, doing unto others as we would have them do unto us, is the essence of the Scripture. Well, the essence of who we are is that we are respectful of one another. We use good manners. We say please. We say thank you. We say excuse me. We say you're welcome. You say, Pastor John, doesn't that get get old and doesn't that sound a little bit, you know, officious? You know, here's the problem. Here's the problem with all of us is that we quickly take for granted the people in our lives. Isn't that right? But as long as you are showing respect and speaking respectfully to one another, then you're going to maintain a great relationship with the people in your lives. I keep referencing my marriage, 29 years of of marriage, I would say, of wedded bliss. And surprisingly, I say surprisingly because it goes against what your natural uh, uh, conclusions might be. My marriage keeps getting better and better and better. Like, how much better can it get, really? But it is. And I mentioned this last week. Someone said, what is the, what's the secret of your happy marriage? And I can sum it up in one word. We respect each other. After tw- we never take each other for granted. We still speak to each other as though we were young lovers, not yet even still in the courting stage. Now, did, did you get what I just said there? In the courting stage? Hey, you guys are going to behave really, really well when you're in the courting stage, Right? You're bringing her flowers, you're bringing her nice cards, you're bringing her chocolates, you're opening the door for her, you're combing your hair. Still, (laughs) you're brushing your teeth, hopefully. (laughs) You're shaving. What what do you want to do? This beautiful woman that you love, you want to respect her and treat her like what? Like a queen. I said a couple of weeks ago, I mean, was it last week? I said that I, I treat glory like my queen. And Janet said to, to Denny, I don't want to be treated like your queen. I want to be treated like your princess. I thought that was great. <laughs> so whether you're a princess or a queen, here's, here's, the, here's what's got to happen. We treat each other with respect. Because this is what maintains a loving relationship. You show me a relationship that's broken down, and I'm going to show you two people who have lost respect for one another. Now, I know you might be sitting here today thinking, I'm ever glad my, my wife is here to hear this. Or I'm ever glad my husband's here to hear this. Or I wish my husband were here to hear this, because he needs to hear this. Hey, listen, <laughs> the, whole, the whole idea of the golden rule is that it begins with you. Remember, that's, how we, that's what we said last week. It begins with you. So you're thinking, man, if only he would learn this, if only she would get this. But, but it's you. It's got to start with you. You're the one that's got to show due respect. And even more respect. And I'm going to say, you, I know you're thinking, well, Pastor John, what, happen, what happens if there's no respect in the relationship? That's when you call your pastor. I'm not kidding. That's why God has given you a pastor. How many know that I am God's gift to you? Some are like, oh, I'm not sure about that. 
Hey, look, I don't always like it either. But <laughs> the, the fact of the matter is, God has given you a pastor to help you get through these times when you struggle with this idea of respecting one another. Does this make sense? Yeah, go ahead, clap, because that's really, that's really important. I didn't see you clapping, dear. <laughs> okay. That's my job, to help facilitate that mutual respect for one another. Now, if you have a respect problem in your home, then you need to immediately call 911. <laughs> Actually, call my office. Call my office, and we'll help you with that. That's my job, to help you respect one another. That's why God called me. I'm not the good shepherd. Jesus, how many know that? Jesus is the good shepherd. I'm the under-shepherd. I've got a bit of German blood in me, so that makes me a German shepherd. <laughs> okay. Oh, I had to throw that in there. Hey, you know what? Listen, listen. The first century Christians were known for their respect and their love for one another. Now, I'm going to just tell you right now, on your own, in your own wisdom, your own strength, you can't do this. That might come as a shock to you. In fact, some of you are sitting here saying, that's not true. I know a lot of respectful people. No, listen, listen. The kind of respect that Jesus wants us to demonstrate and show to others comes by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that we are full of sin and our every inclination is to do evil. But when the Spirit of God comes to dwell within us, he enables us to respect all the people in our lives, even our prime minister, Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God and honor the prime minister. But some of you are thinking, well, we don't have an emperor, so therefore we don't have anything to worry about. Hey, we understand. We understand what this is saying, don't we? This is what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Listen to this. Um, Tertullian, uh, some call him a church father. In fact, he was one of the very, very, I think probably the first, first uh, uh, prolific writers in the first century, and, uh, and here's what he said. He said, the, Ro- the Romans look at us and they exclaim, quote, see how they love one another. So people who are not believers are looking at Christians and saying, these are amazing people. We've never seen anything like this. And believe me, they had never seen anything like this before. This notion, this idea of loving people, not not because they deserve it, but just because that's what it means to be a Christian, was absolutely mind-blowing to these Romans. They'd never seen anything like this before. Just a martyr, this is what he said. He sketched the Christian love this way, quote, We who used to value the acquisition of wealth and possessions more than anything else, we now bring what we have into a common fund, and we share it with one another or anyone who needs it. We used to hate and destroy one another, and we refused to associate with people of another race or country. Now, because of Christ, we live together with such people, and we pray for our enemies. That's how Christianity began, folks. What happened to us? Well, I can tell you that you can know all this stuff here, but until it migrates down to your heart, it's just information. And for so many of us, 
So much of what we read in the scriptures is just information. We add to our information. And right now, we've got an amazing brain full of information and verses. If you're not living it out, it's useless. If you're swearing at your kids and treating your spouse like garbage, if you're unkind and nasty to the people you work with, then you, you don't have real Christianity. I don't know what you have, but, but it ain't Christianity. You're, you're religious. You've got religion, maybe, but you don't really know who Jesus Christ is because Jesus teaches us to do to others what we would have them do to us. That's the rule we live by. Christians have to lead the way in respecting all people. We don't use phrases like, I hate Justin Trudeau. I don't, after everything I said, you don't want to laugh at that. But I don't mind if you do. Because the fact is, is that uh, some things that Trudeau, our prime minister does, we don't like. Hey, nowhere in the scripture does it say that respect has to be earned. We're told clearly that it's our job to respect, to honor our prime minister. Everybody's important, even our prime minister. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Well, what happens if I don't go along, if I don't go along with some of his ideas, his laws, and his philosophies? Well, that is a really, really good point. If you're a Christian, you obviously cannot support a political party that not only promotes, uh, or not only uh, agrees to abortion, but promotes it. You can't support, as a Christian, you cannot support that notion, that idea. That killing babies is okay. And by the way, do you know why we, we believe that killing babies is, is an evil from the pit of hell? Because those babies are created in the image of God. They bear the image of God. And every single child that is murdered, and that's strong language, but every single one of those babies that's murdered bears the very image of God. We can't support a political party that promotes the sale of cannabis or pot, for those of you who don't know big words. We can't support that. We say, Pastor Allen, what on earth do we do? Well, let me tell you what Daniel did. Daniel living in the Babylonian Empire, he respected the king. The king asked him to translate, to interpret a, a dream of his. He interpreted it. He's immediately put into the highest position. The king respects Daniel. Cool. And Daniel respects the king. The king is, is a, a pagan man. And one day... The king, in, his, in all of his wisdom, decides he's going to create a 90-foot gold statue, and he expects everybody to bow down to the statue. The problem is he forgot to ask Daniel his advice. And so when everybody is bowing down to the, to, to the statue, Daniel is not bowing down because Daniel is only worshiping the God of gods. Jehovah. He refuses. It's called 
It's called civil disobedience. He's not disrespecting the king, but there's a law that this king has instituted that has to be overruled by the law of God. And God says, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall worship no other gods. But that doesn't mean that Daniel started disrespecting the king. He continued to respect them. The early Christians were expected to worship Caesar. Roman, the, Roman, the Roman emperor got in his head one day that he, he was God or a God. And Christians said, we respect you, Caesar. We'll pay taxes. We'll do everything you tell us to do, except when you tell us to do something that God's word tells us not to do. And it was at that moment that they said, sorry, we can't do that. That's a law we cannot obey. With all due respect, did you hear that? With all due respect, the answer is no, we can't do that. And for that, these men and women were slaughtered, thrown into into the ring where the wild animals ate them, and, and you know the story. How then should we live? Because we know full well that God has called us to respect the emperor. He's called us to respect the family of believers. By the way, how many understand that this is a family? One of the things we're teaching in, in the youth ministry right now, it was like the first thing I had to do when I began working with our youth. I had to teach them to respect one another to respect each other, to respect me, to respect this building. It's, 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 for some of them, it's a whole new way of thinking. They, they did not grow up respecting anything or anybody. They did not grow up respecting authority, but it's something that we demand. Why? This is, this is what it means to be part of a family. Hello. In our family, we have a very, very happy family, a very happy home. It's, our home is a sanctuary. It's a safe place for all who come in, but especially for Gloria and me and our kids. Why? Because it's a place where respect is the rule. Do you get that? That's what God expects. It's a place where we, there's a mutual respect for one another. My children respect me, and I respect them, and I treat them with respect. And so it is with the family of God. We respect each other. Now, a few weeks ago, there were a few kids that were being cruel to another kid, and I just said, you can't be here. You have to apologize or you have to go. Well, you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> this is my house, my rules. In this house, we practice respect. So either apologize or there's the door. You know, you know what I'm doing there. I said to them, I don't hate you. I actually like you. But in order to be here, you have to show respect. But you don't know about my disorders. We all have disorders. But you still have to be respectful. I don't care what your disorder is, you have to be respectful because this is a family. This is not a drop in center. 
This is a place where people learn how to follow Jesus, and the beginning of following Jesus is that you start respecting people. Amen? Amen. I always love Patrick when he says amen, because he can hear it and he means it. Amen? Amen. (laughs) Thank you. Love it. We got to change our thinking, people. That's the beginning. That's the beginning. When I ask the question, what do we do? with this teaching about respect. You gotta change your thinking. You gotta change your philosophy of life. This notion, this idea that you can go around disrespecting people because they haven't earned your respect, I tell you, that's a, that's a lie from the pit of hell. But you see, our, our whole culture is saturated with this notion of, of, of disrespect being an acceptable thing. Has anybody ever heard of Big Brother, the Big Brother house? Nobody heard of, nobody's heard of that? Just say yes if you've heard of it. Yes. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I think you just don't want to admit it. I have never watched it through. It's been on t- I think it's been on TV for 20 years, and basically it's a group of, of uh, young adults who uh, are, are very beautiful, most of them very beautiful and, 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 and well-developed and good-looking and so on and so forth. But the whole, the whole premise of this is that is that the last man standing gets to win half a million dollars or whatever it is. And, and the way that you are the last man standing is by being cunning, being uh, wily, and figuring out how you can get people out of the house. In other words, it's the whole thing is, is the whole premise of this, of this show, of this, it's a game show, I guess, in a sense, is that we've got to be disrespectful to all the people in the house, but we can't be obvious about it. We've got to be sneaky about it. So we have a, we have a, whole, we have a whole culture, a whole society. I talked about The Simpsons last week, and there's Family Guy, and there's so many of these shows that are predicated upon this idea that, first of all, being, disre- being disrespectful is good because it wins you money. Being disrespectful is good because it makes people laugh. Disrespectful is good because uh, it, it's me first. As Christians living in this culture of disrespect, it saturates, it gets into our brains and into our hearts, and next thing you know, we start disrespecting one another and we think it's okay. It's evil, people. It's absolutely evil. And so, the, you know what? <laughs> We've got money to hire a youth pastor. But when I went into prayer about this, I, said, I felt without a shadow of doubt God saying to me, Alan, you have to get in there. You have to do this. God's is calling in the big guns to take care of our youth ministry. And I'm going to tell you, it's, it's a whole new way of thinking. It's tough. It's tough maybe for some of the leaders even to fully comprehend what it is that we're trying to do. We're building a family, and the rule of that family is respect. Someone sent me an email Really shocking email. And in it, he was trying to be funny. But he's saying, you know what? Our, our prime minister needs a, a bullet in the head. Now, I didn't know which was more disturbing, that he would send that to me or that he thought he could send it to me and I would think it was funny. I was disturbed on so many levels. This person claims to be a Christian, 
Obviously not in the room right now. But I'm going to tell you right now, folks, the, the whole scripture is summed up in that one word, respect. A respect, or we call it sometimes a fear of God. That's gone. People don't fear God anymore. And a respect for one another, and a respect for parents, and a respect for authority, a respect for the pastor. This is what it this is what Christianity is about. We respect each other. This is what this is what the Bible is about, a respect for one another. Now, here's what you need to do is you need to get busy praying. That's the second thing you need to do. So, number one, you've got to change your thinking and understand, okay, the old idea, respect is earned, you throw that away, okay? And eh, wrong answer. Your thinking is going to change. You are now going to respect all people. And everybody said it? Amen. And I'm especially going to respect my husband. <laughs> I'm especially going to respect my wife. Amen. So you're not sure about this, folks. This is kind of disturbing to me. I'm going to respect my kids. Amen. Should I start again? I'm going to respect my husband. Amen. I'm going to respect my wife. Amen. I'm going to respect my children. I'm going to respect the prime minister. That's that's good. I was a little scared there for a sec. I'm going to respect my pastor. Mm, Good. Thank you. (laughs) I'm going to respect my boss. I'm going to respect the people I work with. I'm going to respect my neighbors. I'm going to respect the dog, if I have one. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Change your thinking and you've got to start praying people. You've got to start praying for people. Pray for your husband. Pray for your wife. Pray for your kids. Pray for your prime minister. Pray this way, this interceding and giving thanks for, for these people. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. What happened to that? We live in a culture that is so, so ignorant of of dignity. We're crude and rude, tell coarse jokes, totally inappropriate for a believer. Some of us pray like Satan. I didn't know Satan prayed. Hey, what is prayer? Prayer is talking to God. Do you know that Satan talks to God? You didn't know that, did you? Do you know what he says to God? He stands before God the Father, and he says, God, you see that Alan Duncalf there? He's not so good. He's not so great. I saw him lose his temper. I saw him get angry. I saw his bad attitude. stands before God accusing me of all kinds of things. And then he whispers it in my ear. Loser. Loser. Oh, don't look at me like that because he does that to you too. Stands before God accusing you and criticizing you and putting you down and, 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 and telling God what a horrible person you are. Some of us pray like that. We go before God. God, you got to get him. You just teach him a lesson. Just punish him. 
hurt him. God, God, you see what my wife has said. Just, God, put her in her place. Don't let her get away with it. God, you see my kids. That person I work with, God, just, just make them lose their job. Make them sick. <laughs> Give them cancer. Teach them a lesson. There's many people that pray like Satan. Time for you to change your thinking. Time for you to change your prayers. Now what you got to do is you got to start giving thanks for everybody. Hold on a minute here, Pastor. You're not saying everybody, are you? You don't know my boss. It says, pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that you can live peaceful and quiet lives. Give thanks for them. Hey, do you know want to, want to know something? Some of the most difficult people in my life that, quite frankly, I felt really difficult to respect them, they were the very ones in the end that made me a better man. How many know what I'm saying today? And I look back and I say, God, thank you that you brought them into my life, him, her. Those are the ones that we call grace growers. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, when you go home, you say, who are the grace growers in our life? That's code for who are the people who are really difficult to cope with? Paul says, give thanks for all of them and pray for them. Hey, the fact of the matter is, is all of us sitting here today are very imperfect. And all of us have moments when we're not worthy of respect. But that doesn't change the fact that we are still to respect one another. Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. You want to be respected? Then you have to respect people. So you're going to change the way you think. I respect everybody. Change the way you pray. And the third thing I want to say, and I've got to wrap it up now because I'm going over here. You, you really got to make respect the rule in your home. Do not let, parents, do not let your kids get away with disrespecting you or your spouse or their brothers or sisters. Did you hear that? That is a punishable offense. When my kids were young, that was a punishable offense. And you never, ever, ever, ever let them get away with it. And that's exactly what we're doing in youth ministry. Nobody ever gets away with disrespect. You cannot disrespect one another. In your home, disrespect is absolutely a big no-no. Hey, you know what? That's the way we were raised. If the teacher ever phoned home and told my parents, Alan was being disrespectful or misbehaving or whatever, I'm going to get it at school, but when I got home, how do I know what I'm talking about? Hey, I'm, I'm happy to announce to you that school never, ever phoned home. Not on me anyway. Get on my brothers and sisters, but don't tell them I told you. It's critical, moms and dads, that respect is the rule in your home. It's critical, husbands and wives, that you bring respect back to your relationship. And if you don't know how to do that, then make an appointment, and I will be happy to teach you. I will happily, happily discuss what that means. Do you use your manners at your house? 
Do you interrupt each other when you're talking or when others are talking? Do you interrupt? Do you listen patiently? I made a list here. Do you speak politely or disparagingly? Do you put, put people down in your home? Are you sarcastic? I hate sarcasm. Anybody with me on that? It's funny when you hear it, but it's always at somebody's expense. Did you ever notice that? Can we really call that a good thing if somebody is being hurt so that we can all have a laugh? Is there criticizing going on in your home? Gossip. It's got to stop, and you have to stop it. This is what it means to be a Christian. You're changing your thinking. You're changing your praying, and you have a new rule in your house. I had one kid ask me at youth group, how come there's so many rules in Christianity? I said, to name them. Uh, it's funny, hey, how we believe these lies. I said, there's not so many rules in Christianity. There's only one. Really? Respect each other. Respect. That's the rule. Let's stand together, shall we? Father, thank you for your presence here. Thank you for your word, God, that just fills our hearts with joy and with gladness because, God, you're showing us your divine way of living. It's a supernatural way of living. In fact, God, this is what gets the attention of the unbeliever, is that we are governed by love, by, by a loving respect for all people. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would give us your grace and your power and your anointing to enable us to love all the people in our lives, starting with our spouse and starting with our children and just working out from there. God, be glorified in our lives as we live out the golden rule, as we show proper respect to everyone, loving the family of believers, fearing God, and honoring our Prime Minister. We pray that in Jesus' name. And everyone said it with me? Amen. Tell the person just beside you, make sure you go respect your family. <laughs>